0: What's up guys? How we doing? Welcome back. It's been another week or so. Um, Yeah, welcome back. Brian Carter 99A49ers podcast. Hope you're doing well. It's been not a super exciting week uh, unless you like jumping on every ridiculous rumor that comes out and freaking out about everything that happens on Twitter. Um, If you like freaking out about Niners stuff on Twitter and overreacting to things, then... Yeah, yeah, it's been a fun week. Uh, Personally, I don't really care about a lot of the uh, just kind of like off-season, I don't know, talk shenanigans things that people just do for like clicks and to get articles and create headlines and stuff like that. So, yeah, just, just a whole bunch of crazy stuff, but... Yeah, I figured I'd pop on here, do some news, uh, some updates, some fun draft stuff that I've been working on, a uh, fun announcement. Um, I kind of realized that it'd be difficult for me to go through and just go through and give every single pro- draft prospect their own just podcast my life is just too busy, um, so haven't been able to do that, but I still want to get out here, still want to talk into your ears, and just get my take on some things, because, you know, just because it's not the season doesn't mean things are not happening, and there's a bit that's been happening. So, I guess first we'll just start off with Debo, the Debo Instagram gate, as I called it. And uh, this whole crazy thing surrounding Debo, it's pretty ridiculous. Everything that's going on and everyone is overhyping everything just because that's how, you know, Twitter and social media is. Everyone's got to one up each other and have a hot take. And, you know, if you want to get the clicks and all that kind of stuff, then you got to have the most crazy opinions about something because, oh, my gosh, did, did you see what had happened there? Ah, oh, my gosh. How are we going to survive? Click now to find out what somebody meant when they said that thingy based off of my opinion. Yeah, I can't stand it. Um, Yeah, as you can tell by the ridiculousness I'm going into, it's, it's dumb. So Debo scrubbed uh, a lot of his Instagram stuff of 49ers and everyone flipped out. And I'm not freaking out. Because the Niners are going to pay Debo. Um, you know, it's. Think about it this way Debo needs to negotiate. His agent is trying to get Debo paid. Debo's trying to get paid. Debo's always been a great teammate, great on the field. He had the one season where he was like overweight, broke his foot and struggled. But outside of that, Tebow had a, a good rookie season and an elite, like top five wide receiver third season. All right. The joy of having a puppy and also the joy of having editing. Um, the dog's really interested in the cat. The cat hates the dog and the cat likes to antagonize the dog. <laughs> So fun at my house. This is why I haven't been podcasting (laughs) as much as I like because I work full time. I've got a puppy and when I'm not at work, I have to watch the dog or else it's nonstop chaos. So hopefully they will not murder each other in the background. (laughs) Anyways, we're working on it. She's a, We've had her two months, and we've so far done two months' worth of training. Anyways, though, so Debo's trying to get paid. Debo last year was a top five receiver. year before that, struggled with injuries. year before that, rookie season. So Debo wants to get paid. He's going in the final year. Uh, the Niners are going to negotiate. John Lynch has already said they've budgeted for Debo. And like, this is the time of the year where I'm not, I'm not worrying about these things. Like a year ago, everyone was freaking out about, um, freaking either Kittle or Warner or whatever, you know? It was like last year, it was either Kittle or Warner. I don't remember the order. I think it was Kittle. You know, hashtag pay George Kittle, hashtag pay George Kittle. And everyone was freaking out and freaking out and freaking out. And then training camp started and then boom, big deal. They paid him because that's what the Niners do. They develop great players and then they pay them, right? And it was the same thing with Fred Warner. Hashtag #PayFredWarner #PayFredWarner Warner. Hashtag play, pay Fred Warner. Hashtag pay Fred Warner. Everyone freaking out. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? And then they paid Fred Warner. And then everybody shut up and acted like, you know, they weren't freaking out the whole time. So I'm just, I'm done with all the stupid like freakouts over this. Like I really don't care. If they trade Debo, you know what it's going to take? It's going to take, like, a first-round pick, a second-round pick, probably another pick, probably a player. And I don't think they're going to do it because Debo is incredible, and you want to make sure that your young quarterback has, you know, more than one receiving option. And while I believe that Lance and Iuke are going to have a really good connection— and that Iuke is going to go off in his second year? Debo's amazing. Nada. Oh, geez. They're... they're getting ready to kill each other. Nada. Yeah, there you go. Just got a distractor. Hey, shh. That's enough out of you. Yeah, so. It's like, who's going to trade for Debo? Um. Pff. I guess maybe the Jets, what are they going to give up? Like the 10th overall pick plus something else? Because I believe that's what it takes. It's not like all pro wide receivers just grow on trees. Um, Will the Niners pay Debo? Will Debo get paid? 100%. Like, I'm, I'm not concerned about this. If it happens, I will be surprised. It's just, it's another one of those stories where it's like, cool. Like, if it happens, then we'll respond to it, but... It's just, it's not worth spending all this time talking about endless news stories about like, just where's Debo going to go? Who's going to trade for him? Oh, they're totally going to do it. Blah, 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 blah. Debo's going to get paid. He's probably going to get 25 million. And you know what? Good. Good. Pay the man. He was our entire offense last season. He was an all pro wide receiver. He had like 1,400 receiving yards, basically switched to running back. And then he was like a top five running back in the NFL. Like Debo's a baller. He's really, really freaking good. Uh, just pay him. And you know what? The Niners are really good with cap. They'll figure out a way to get him paid. And they'll figure out a way to make sure that he's happy with it. And they'll figure out how to make it work with the cap. My guess is that they'll give him a really nice signing bonus. They'll work the cap so that, uh, you know, the biggest hits happen um, when the cap goes up in a year or two. But also the biggest hits will be before, uh, you know, they have to pay Trey Lance. Because Trey Lance, he's got the four-year rookie deal and then he's got a fifth-year option. So if Trey Trey Lance ends up being as good as we hope he is, he's going to get a fat payday in three years. So they're probably going to figure out a way to get Debo a big contract worth $25 million a year, if that's what he wants. That's what he says he wants. Maybe the, again, the, the main thing here with the deal is how does it affect the cap? I want players to get paid. And the Niners, Parag Marath, he's really good at figuring out how to. Yeah, you know, see, cat and dog are fighting. And the cat's throwing cat's throwing hands at the dog. Gets the dog in the face. Puppy's just wagging its tail. I feel like I do play-by-play do play here. And the dog approaches. And the dog gets close. The dog is 18 inches from the cat's face. The dog is wagging its tail. The dog really wants to say hi to the cat. The cat growls. Cat's backed into a corner. Cat throws hands. Oh, a left and a right. And three more lefts. Oh, gets the dog on the nose. Dog backs up. Stance. <laughs> cat continues to growl. Yeah, this is this is my life. <laughs> Are you two done? Hey, Nala. Come here. Come here. Hey, I got treats. It's more interesting than the kitty. Yeah. So yeah, Debo's going to get paid. The main thing is, how do they, how do they portion it in terms of like, how do they set up the deal? How do they set it up? Uh, He's probably going to again. Debo's going to get paid. He's going to get somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty to twenty-five million a year. And the big thing is just how does it affect the cap and what are the outs? And I don't see the point and everyone just freaking out and, Oh, trade, 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 trade. And you know what? If they do trade him, I really fucking hope they don't. But if they do buy some crazy chance and I give it like a 98% chance that Debo stays and get paid. If Debo does, you know, that 2% chance Debo does get traded They're going to get a shitload of draft picks, and they're probably going to draft two or three wide receivers this draft. I think we need receivers either way. And as much as I love Debo and Ayuk, who's our number three receiver? I like Jawan Jennings. I don't love Jawan Jennings if Debo or Ayuk is unavailable. So wide receiver in and of itself is, in my opinion, a draft need. I think we should draft two receivers because got two high picks one's about to get paid the other will probably want to get paid in a year or two or two or three years yeah in two to three years and we're gonna need depth I mean here's the thing if Debo or IU get hurt like who's stepping in like who's our number three receiver Ray Ray McLeod really you want Ray Ray McLeod hey come here Come here. Yeah, look at that. If you ignore the kitty, I'll throw treats on the floor. Isn't that cool? Over here. Yeah, there you go. Look at that. Look at that. I hope this is entertaining for you. (laughs) But yeah, like who's, who's our number three receiver if somebody gets hurt? We got Ray Ray McLeod and then a couple other guys that we picked up. Nothing good, though. Nada. All right, I'm getting really frustrated at this fucking cat. Cat, don't growl constantly. It's annoying. You're so... All right, hold up one second. All right, and we're back. Sorry. This right here is why I haven't been able to podcast. Ah. I love my puppy. She's so good. But she's really curious about the cat. And the cat is... an antagonizing bitch. <laughs> She'll wake the dog up and then just slap her in the face and growl. And I'm like, Cat, what the hell? The dog was sleeping. It's a six-month-old puppy. Why you gotta go up and smack the puppy in the face when she's sleeping? So... Anyways, now that I have, uh, put the cat in the other room, we can get back to this. So anyways, let's talk about, well, yeah, that's basically Debo Instagram gate. So, uh, Debo did this. He's, you know, tweeting out like, you know, just kind of cryptic things on his Instagram and his Twitter and people are freaking out cause you know, Debo wants to get paid. Debo's going to get paid and if he doesn't get trade, and if he doesn't get paid, it he's going to get traded. And you know what? We'll get a shitload of draft picks and it is what it is. We move forward. I love Debo. I really hope we keep him. Again, 98% chance Debo sticking around. He's getting paid and it's all good. And you don't just give up all pro wide receivers. You know, that's the whole reason why we have a QB on a rookie contract, or at least that's one reason is because when you have that, it gives you the freedom to pay other guys. So Debo's gonna get paid. We do need some wide receivers, though. Um, yeah, I'm done talking about this. Like, Debo's gonna get paid. I'm not freaking out. Uh next thing is McGlinchy weight Gate. Dun 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 dun. Somebody posted a picture of McGlinchy looking really thin. And then McGlinchy was like, Yeah, I'm actually working out a lot, and I'm like 310 pounds. So Yeah, I will say I uh Again, it was the same thing, like a picture was posted and then everybody freaks out and then it's this whole thing. It's just like the news, you know, like this is the reason why I don't like watching the news is because typically whatever comes out on the news is like bullshit clickbait and then the real story happens like three days later, but nobody pays attention because they've moved on, you know? It's like, oh, a huge, big headline. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait a couple of days to hear what actually happened. Because, you know, like the news is so inaccurate when they have their like first takes. Just like in sports. <laughs> like so much of it is just like guessing and conjecture. And then it's like you get the whole story after like three days. But then like they, nobody ever corrects anything, so... Yeah, that's why I'm not freaking out on these things like, okay, cool. Somebody posted a picture of this one time McGlinchy like was standing with somebody and he looked skinny. We have no idea where that picture or when that picture was from. But because somebody posted it on the internet, everyone freaked out like McGlinchy had lost like 50 pounds or something. Turns out McGlinchy is fine in terms of his weight. And then some videos went up of McGlinchy working out. Does he look a hundred percent? No, but he just came off of a major surgery. The fact that he's actually out there exercising and maintaining his weight is a very good thing. We should be super glad that we got to see some pictures or some video of McGlinchy out there. Rehabbing turns out McGlinchy is rehabbing with Kinlaw. I love it. It's good stuff. Uh, Kinlaw says he's doing really well. Uh, He had that interview with uh, Brad of the SF, uh, the SF Niners. Um, You know, his, uh, apparently his knee, his ACL reconstructive surgery or whatever it was called. Went really well. Same guy who did Jimmy G, same guy that did Bosa. Both recovered really well from their ACLs. Uh, Both were, had a schedule. And Kinlaw says he feels better than he ever has. Best he's felt in years. And the rehab's going well. He's working out like a beast. Him and McGlinchey are working out together. Yeah, so I'm crossing my fingers. Um, I don't know if McGlinchey will be ready to play by the time the season starts. Again, serious injury, serious rehab. But the fact that the season is still four and a half months away, four or five months away, it's good to see how his rehab is going and that he's maintaining his weight. I would have been concerned if McGlinchy was, you know, 260 pounds right now. Because uh, even at his like under three, even when he was at like 290 or 295 or whatever, uh, a couple of years ago, he just, he's too tall to be so skinny and be a right tackle. I think his best weight is around like 310 to 315. So he's maintaining that. It's a good thing. And he's working out, which is a really good thing. He's doing leg workouts, which is a really, really good thing. He was out there like running sprints with it looked like a resistance band or the uh, what do they call those like the the sprint parachutes or whatever. Um, so yeah, McGlinchey's rehabbing. It's a good thing. So yeah, McGlinchey weight gate, Debo gate, like these are just Twitter hot clicks. And I'm not about that. One thing that I am about is Lance and Iuke training in the off season. I love it. Lance and Iuke are training together for the second off season in a row. And I think I've said it before and I will continue to say it. I think Iuke and Lance are going to have a special connection. And I think Iuke is going to go off this year. Iyuk had a really slow start last season, the first like month, month and a half. And then he took off for like 800 yards in the second half of the season. I would not be surprised if Iyuk had, you know, 12, 13, 1500 receiving yards this season. He is someone who can separate versus man coverage. He's an explosive athlete and he can get open out of his breaks I'm still remembering when he was just like just toasting uh Trayvon Diggs when we were playing against the Cowboys. And uh just Trayvon Diggs, he had like what five, ten yards of like wide open. So I really like that Lance and Iuke are training this offseason, building that chemistry. That's you love to see it. That's a good thing. So very excited about that. Um I mentioned wide receivers. We did add two wide receivers. Uh, again, this time of the year, uh, now that we've got out of the main part of free agency, we're pretty much just building our 90 man rosters. So whether or not these guys make the final 53, don't know. We're, we're building to 90, right? So you know, you have your 53 during the season plus your 12 or whatever on the practice squad. But in the off-season, training camp, you start training camp with 90 bodies. And then eventually, you got to cut all the way down. So, we signed Marcus Johnson and Malik Turner. So, Marcus Johnson and Malik Turner, they're probably going to be depth pieces. And I didn't spend too much time checking them out, honestly. But you know what? I will look up right now for you who Marcus Johnson is and Malik Turner are. So Marcus Johnson is a football wide receiver, according to Google. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Marcus Johnson, he is a uh, six foot one and uh, played for a couple teams. Uh, let's see here. So Titans, Colts, uh He's a depth guy. I think his entire career, he's got about 800 receiving yards, three touchdowns, 50 receptions. So last year with the Titans, had nine receptions, 160 yards. The year before that, Colts, 14 touchdowns, 255 yards. Or sorry, 14 receptions, 255 yards. So nothing too crazy. You know, we added a depth guy. Um, I'll take it. Uh, So that was Marcus Johnson. The other one is Malik Turner. And uh, let's see here. So let me pull this up. Turner was a 2018 UDFA. He is a six foot two, 200 pounds. And last year finished his season, uh, played with Dallas. Appeared in 11 games, 12 receptions, 150 yards. So, it's also worth noting that 82 of those yards came in a blah win against Washington. And 61 of those yards came on one play. So, yeah. I mean, honestly, like, not super exciting. Um, Big bodies, which is always something interesting. You know, 6'1", 6'2", 200 pounds, both of them. Uh, So, the one thing that I do think that this shows is it looks like Shanahan is potentially starting to look towards adding bigger receivers uh, that are bigger bodied targets and more physical in the run game. Um, Again, these are, in my opinion, these are just guys who we are adding towards the 90-man roster. I don't know if Marcus Johnson and uh Malik Turner end up making the team or not. But you know what? They're on the team now. We signed them. My guess is they are fringe roster guys. You know, they're not big pickups. Neither of them had even 100 and, neither of them had even 200 receiving yards last season. So I wouldn't freak out too much. This is probably kind of like the whole Trent Sherfield thing. Like they're going to come in. They're probably primarily going to be special teams guys. Maybe if they, you know, if they're really good, maybe they're like wide receiver four, wide receiver five, wide receiver six. We've already got Debo, Ayuk. I think Juwan Jennings is realistically their number three. Uh, although he is very specific in his role as a, Possession slot and plus run blocker. I think that's what he's best at is just being a big physical yards after the catch kind of possession and run blocking receiver. These guys are most like they're not as big or strong as Juwan Jennings uh, They're So they're most likely just depth pieces. We'll see if they make the team again. We're we're just moving up to 90 at this point. Every signing, in my opinion, from here till training camp is we're building the 90 and then there's going to be the training camp battles. So those are the two wide receivers that we added. We also added edge rusher Kimoko Ture. Komoko Ture was a second round pick in 2018 for the Colts. And he has struggled a bit with injuries. And he's mostly just been a rotational pass rusher. He's been... He did have a breakout year last year with five and a half sacks, so that was his best year yet um but yeah he's he's a rotational edge guy. same thing. like I like the signing because I think it's good to have edge depth, all caps edge by the way. love that <laughs> um but yeah you know he's he's big. Or he's he's long, he's strong, he's fairly athletic. I think he ran like a 4-6 something at the combine. Uh, so you know that's that's some speed off the edge. He's not like a 4-5 speed guy, but I mean Bosa's like a 4-8. Um, so you know, he's long, he's strong, and he's gonna be an edge rotational player. My guess is he's gonna get roughly 20 snaps per game. Good news though is we have a whole lot of defensive line depth. I believe at this point that not counting D Ford, and I'm not counting D Ford because I don't believe he's ever gonna play with the 49ers again. I think I mentioned last time, I think they're just gonna keep him on the roster uh for cap purchase cap reasons. Because if they if he retires or if they cut him, it's a big hit against the cap. But if they just leave him on the team and let him retire in like two years, it makes it a lot easier on the cap. So I don't think D Ford is ever going to suit up again for the Niners. I think he's just going to kind of like uh, quote unquote collect a pension for a couple of years. Uh, so I think we have eleven defensive linemen on the team now. As far as edge, I do think that we need a guy, like we need a dude at edge. Bose is incredible. Armstead really really good, especially a defensive tackle. Kinlaw looks, by all accounts, sounds like it's really good. I don't think they would have let um, DJ Jones walk if they were concerned about Kinlaw. So I have high hopes for Kinlaw coming back, being a disruptive run stuffer along the interior. But who do we have across from Bosa? Like, I like Abukum. He's okay. Uh, but he's not an elite, he's not a really good pass rusher. Um, I like a but again, fourth year player, former fifth round pick. He's okay. He's a rotational guy. We've got, now we've got Teray, Again, rotational pass rusher. Probably going to get between four and six sacks this season. We've got Jordan Willis, who again, I like. Solid rotational pass rusher probably going to get between two and five sacks per season. I really want like a dude on the other side of Bosa, like a speed rusher. And that kind of brings me to my next thought. So we have all these defensive linemen and this is a very, very good edge class. I think that we need an impact player at edge. Cause right now we've got, A whole lot of depth at edge. But I don't think we have a a really good speed rusher. Also, pretty much all of our guys outside of Bosa and Armstead are on like one-year deals. So, something I was thinking about uh, the other day, and I did post this on Twitter, was how far up do you think the Niners could trade using one of their third rounders from next year. Cause we have like three third round picks next year. We have our third rounder, but then we have two or three comp picks in the third next season. And while I don't necessarily want us to move up a ton. I do think that it would make sense to move up like maybe 10 spots. If there's an edge rusher there that you like, I think that if there's like, a, and specifically what I'm looking for is I want a speed, a speed pass rusher. I don't really care about like a, a, a big body defensive end. You know, like I'm, I'm not really looking for a big end. I'm talking about a situational pass rusher. If say Arnold Ebiketti falls to 50, and we're sitting there at 61, I see we give up one of our uh, third round picks next year and move up those 10 spots and snag our guy. If Boye Mafé is sitting there at 50, like I think we might be able to move up you know, potentially into the early 50s, maybe even the late 40s. If there's a pass rusher who's there, we've got so many third round picks next year. I mean, we've got two this year. Uh, I don't really want to get rid of those, but we could probably move up 10 picks using one of our third rounders next year. That's just kind of my thought process. I asked on Twitter and the numbers that I got was anywhere from like 7 to 14 spots for a next round third. I don't know if that's accurate, but I do It's just something I've been thinking about. I don't think the Niners are going to want to sit and wait all the way to 61. And they can. They can sit and wait all the way to 61. But if there's a really... Here's my thought process is we don't have a first round pick. I want an impact player with our first pick. Like I want him to be a a legit impact player. And someone like an Ebiketti or a Mafé, if they're available at like 50, 49, 52, somewhere in there, like, let's trade up and go get them. Because those guys put them opposite Bosa. When we have a legit speed rusher opposite Bosa, Dee Ford showed us what could happen. This pass rush is ridiculous. And we've already got so many guys to rotate through the on one-year deals. But if we draft somebody, we get four years. And I'm a big bet on the traits guy when it comes to like us having Chris Kosarek. Chris Koseric is like the defensive line coach guru. It doesn't matter who we get in here. Like Koseric is going to coach up the hell out of our D linemen and get everything out of them. So if we can get one of these just like twitched up, athletic speed rushers, that'd be great. Um, even Nick Benito. If Nick Benito is there at 50 or 55, or if he falls all the way to 61, get him. Get him. I know he's a little bit undersized, but you're talking speed rusher. He is fast. Mafe, fast. Abiketti, fast. There's a lot of defensive linemen, but that doesn't mean that there's that they're all going to be a good fit or that they're going to make the team. Again, we've got 11 defensive linemen already on the team. We typically keep 10. So we've got to get a guy high enough that he is legit enough to make an impact and make the team. If we don't get a if we don't get a defensive lineman with I think our first pick, then I don't think there's going to be a good enough guy who'll be able to make the team. So that's why I was kind of thinking about the idea of trading up from 61 like 10 spots or so using, using one of our third round picks. Just a thought. Um, Let me know what you think. Um, Next thing I want to talk about was the draft tracker. So yeah, you're good. (laughs) Uh, My girl's going to just microwave for dinner. Let's see here. So the draft tracker. So Every team in the NFL, they're allowed to have 30 official visits. And it's fun tracking who the Niners are meeting with because it kind of shows you not just the players that they're specifically interested in, but the positions that they're interested in. And it's interesting because I'm looking at the list here. um, And again, there's 30. I think we've so far had like 20-something official. There's a lot of edge. So edge rusher, Michael Clemens at a Texas A&M actually really like him. Um, I really like this guy. Six foot five, uh, 265 ish, 35 inch long arms, like huge length, but also at the same time burst and bend off the edge. High motor really like him. Uh, Drake Jackson out of USC, another edge. Boye Mafé, another edge. Uh, D'Angelo Malone, he's kind of a, a developmental edge. Dominique Robinson, another developmental edge. Majai Sanders, again, you got a speed rusher there. He's probably going to be like a third, uh, third, fourth rounder. Another edge, Alex Wright. So they have met with, uh, geez, what is that? Seven edge prospects? With their 30 official visits, that's uh, that's a lot. They've also met with two other defensive linemen. Uh, Thomas Booker, he's a riser. Really good game at the, the East-West Shrine. He really showed up there really well. And really smart guy, and he's from Stanford. So that guy could be potentially, you know, you're looking at 6th, 7th rounder or UDFA kind of target. So, yeah, again, seven edges. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to draft these guys. It could just be that they had a question about something. Like, I know Michael Clemens, I think, like, three or four years ago had, like, a a charge against him. Uh, I think it was, like, pot and a weapon. So maybe they were just like, hey, what's the situation? Have you, you know, gotten over your stuff? Uh, Or maybe they want to ask, hey, how do you feel about playing this position, or maybe they're just legitimately interested. But the fact that they're looking at seven edges, that's who they've looked at more than anybody in terms of meets. One thing that did kind of surprise me was how few safeties they looked at. Now, I will say I like the two safeties that they've looked at. Kirby Joseph out of Illinois, Leon O'Neal also out of Texas A&M. Uh, two different players, Kirby Joseph really liked him. He is a, uh, a free safety, very, very good in coverage. Love his feet, love his hips, great change of direction transition. Wish he'd be a little more physical, uh, but a ball hawk. I think he had five interceptions, kind of a one year, uh, breakout. And then Leon O'Neal kind of the opposite. Um, or not necessarily the opposite, but really good change of direction, but definitely more of a downhill box safety, a big hitter. And uh, I don't like how many missed tackles Leon O'Neill had, but just a really fun player to watch. He flies around uh, just all around football player. Uh, Also cornerback, Kalen Barnes out of uh, Baylor Uh, corner, Chase Lucas out of ASU. We know we have that ASU connection. Um, You know, We had Ayuk. I forget who the coach is there. Herm Edwards, I want to say. But the Niners are really close with the the coaching department there at ASU. Uh, Corner Marcus Jones out of Houston. Really like him. So you're kind of looking at these like undersized kind of slot corners. You get a box safety, a free safety, a bunch of edges. Corner Josh Williams. Uh, They've also looked at a lot of wide receivers, running backs, and some tight ends. So running backs, they've met with James Cook out of Georgia, Jerome Ford, Cincinnati. James Cook is more of like a third down back, uh, really good receiving ability. Jerome Ford is, I would say, kind of similar to Elijah Mitchell, just in terms of like size, build, play style. Um, Just kind of like a good all-around outside zone runner. They also met with Brian Robinson, big power back out of Alabama, and also Rashad White out of uh, ASU. So, again, you're looking at some, like, three basically outside zone, um, good speed, good athleticism, like, scheme fits. But, again, four receivers. They've also met with a bunch of wide receivers, five of them. Um, So, Danny Gray. I like Danny Gray, speed threat. He ran a 4-3 something at the Combine. Bo Melton, uh, Danny Gray was out of SMU. They met with Bo Melton out of Rutgers. Again, same thing. Speed threat, ran a 4-3 something. Uh, They met with Mike Harley, who I'm not super familiar with, out of Miami. And also Samurai Touré, Samurai Touré. Where was he out of? I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, He projects as more of a depth guy, probably more of a day three or UDFA kind of prospect. And they also met with Christian Watson. So again, if first pick of the draft, I want it to be an impact guy. If Christian Watson falls all the way to 50, trade up, get him. You have a a big body, deep speed threat, stretch the field. Uh, You can see like they're looking at. The the types of players that they're looking at, it gives you an idea about where they're approaching the draft. It also gives you an idea about the value that they're kind of placing. So Bo Melton, Danny Gray, those guys are most likely going to be day three picks, you know, fourth rounder, fifth rounders. Uh, They're not perfect, but, you know, they're speed threats. Uh, James Cook, uh, Jerome Ford, Rashad White, you're looking at early day three you know, draftable running backs. So round four, round five, uh, running backs. Uh, they've also got, let's see here. So a few tight ends. This is interesting. So, uh, tight end Daniel Bellinger, uh, really good combine. He ran like a four, six something, which is pretty good speed at tight end. Also Derek Deese Jr. Who is a smaller kind of move tight end, uh, good receiver, solid run blocker. A little undersized. Um, Also, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Chigosium Aconquo out of Maryland. I know I'm pronouncing that wrong. Uh, But blew up at the combine. I think he ran like a 4.52 or a 4.57. A little undersized, but it could be somebody potentially, again, pick up day three, kind of use him as... Another use check, you know, he can play fullback a little smaller, but with the speed, the receiving ability, just kind of like a weapon. And you can kind of see like, cool. So we're getting some like speedy receiving tight ends. And then as far as offensive linemen, I was honestly surprised how few offensive linemen they've met with. So they met with Jean Delance. Uh, Out of, I want to say Florida, one of those Florida teams. I don't think Florida State or the main one, but one of the Florida teams. Uh, Cole Strange, offensive guard, who a lot of people like and I think is a good scheme fit. And Cam Juergens, center out of Nebraska, who's a really good fit. Really athletic center. Um, I watched some of his tape, I think two games. He was a little inconsistent for my liking, but in terms of athleticism, blew up. I think he ran a 4.9 at 300 pounds, which is pretty impressive, and uh, it shows up on tape. Uh, While his play was inconsistent, you could see there were some reps where he was blocking guys like 20 yards downfield and Shanahan likes guys who are good movers in space for blocking when it comes to offensive linemen. And we do need some, uh, you know, our center of the future. I'm really hoping that Alex Mack comes back, but we got to have a, a plan for next year because it's one year at a time. And uh, the other two guys that I didn't mention defensive tackle Kalia Davis don't know too much about him, but sounds like a UDFA prospect And linebacker, Troy Anderson, Troy Anderson out of Montana state, really impressive combine, um, interesting linebacker class this year. But, uh, if I remember correctly, this guy played four different positions over his four years. He played running back for a year. He played quarterback for a year. He played outside linebacker for a year. And then he played inside linebacker for a year. Um, But athletic profile is really impressive. Uh, Just speed, change of direction, 6'3", 240-something. So just really impressive athlete and all-around really good football player. Needs to develop, but like I mentioned, the Niners are really good at developing linebackers, and we've got Fred Warner on lockdown, but Greenlaw and Aziz are both on one year deals. So we are most likely not going to have both of them back next, this next year, this next, uh, after next season. So it would make sense to draft and develop another linebacker. Um, but it kind of gives you an idea about what they're looking at. So they've kind of got, you know, they are looking at a lot of edge prospects, you know, seeing if there's somebody working on worth taking on day two. You've got some really speedy receivers who can stretch the field. You've got some uh, kind of receiving tight ends who could potentially play a fullback role and develop. You've got um, you know some third down running backs who are you know potentially early day three picks, and then you've got a couple safeties and some slot corners in there. So I think it gives you an idea about what the Niners are kind of looking at and where they're thinking they're going to go. Again, doesn't mean that they're going to draft any of these guys. They might might draft with some of them. Um, Last year, the Niners met with Trey Lance, Trey Sermon, and Demo Lenore, uh, but there was no other reported meetings of anyone else. So maybe we draft one or two or three of these guys, maybe not, but it definitely gives you an idea about what the team is thinking and how they're approaching it. So, yeah, that's the draft prospect tracker. And the final thing, and uh, I'm very excited about this actual announcement, is that I am going to have my draft notes featured in John Chapman's 49ers Rush uh, Draft Prospect Guide. So as you know, I've been, you know, quote unquote, grinding the tape, watching a lot of film. I actually watched another two hours of film today because even though I sent over like nine and a half pages of notes to Chapman uh, for him to add to all of his notes, um, I'm still not done. There's still guys I want to watch. Like I watched Nick Cross today. Um, I watched uh, I watched the two Georgia running backs, James Cook, Zamir White. Watched George Pickens. Uh, there's still prospects I want to watch, and I'm gonna keep watching and adding. To my, uh, to my own just draft notes because when we end up drafting a guy, I want to know not just what everyone else is saying on their draft guides because I do have a lot of draft guides. I've got the PFF draft guide. I've got... Here, let me see here. <laughs> uh, I've got the PFF draft guide. I've got the Pro Football Network draft guide. I've got the Rookie... Uh, scouting portfolio by uh, Matt Waldman. Um, And then on top of those three draft guides, I'm also going to have my own personal notes from what I watched and what I saw. And it's been a lot of fun for me uh, spending the time just to really like watch these guys and match what people write to the tape because there's only so much that you can get from like reading some notes. And I definitely try and communicate what I'm seeing into my notes. Um, And again, I've got 10 pages roughly at this point and I'm going to keep adding, I'm sure a few more, but it's just, it's been really fun going through all this, especially when I get validated. uh, Like I actually know what I'm doing (laughs) at some point. Like I remember uh, the, just two of them that come to the mind off, off the top of my head was uh, corner Jalen L. Armour Davis. I remember watching his film and thinking like, dude, this kid looks awesome. How is nobody talking about him? Uh, like most draft guides, the highest I see him is like a, round, a fourth or fifth round pick. To me, he looks like a second round uh, talent in terms of a prospect. And then I hear Chris Sims And I don't agree with everything, Chris Sims, but Chris Sims had him on his top five corners. And I was like, dude, this is awesome. Like, I'm not the only one seeing this. Uh, So that was a cool one for me. Um, Another one was, I already mentioned him on the podcast, one of the guys the Niners met with, Michael Clemens. I remember watching Michael Clemens and thinking, this guy looks awesome. Like, I was going in there looking to scout Leon O'Neill, the safety. And then I'm like, who the heck is this guy that just keeps firing off the edge? Everybody's got him listed as like a freaking sixth round pick. And I'm like, dude, this guy looks legit. Um, so, you know, like just somebody who stands out. And then I hear Chapman talking about uh, Chapman brings him up as a sleeper, uh, talking with 49 carats on their podcast together, talking about edge. Uh, he just says, yeah, this is, Texas A&M, Michael Clemens, he's legit. And then I hear another podcast uh, talking out about, hey, you know, if you want to bet on some traits, this guy's big, he's long, high motor. So for me, it's really cool doing all this. And then when I get that like validation of like, oh, cool, I'm not the only one who sees this. So um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that means I'm good at this or not, but... (laughs) (laughs) I think it's fun and I'm really excited to be featured inside Chapman's draft guide. Um, If you are a subscriber to the 49ers rush podcast, um, I highly recommend it. If you're not, it's one of the best, probably my favorite one. And I probably listen to like 10 different Niners podcasts, if not more. Um, But his Patreon, his Patreon, he's going to be sharing his draft guide and I don't know when it'll be out but I'm very excited that I'm going to be featured in that. And what I submitted was an unfinished work, but it was, it was still nine pages of notes. You know, it's, it's not nothing I've put in a lot of hours and, uh, you know, blood, sweat and tears and all that kind of stuff. So very excited about that. So I highly recommend you checking out Chapman 49ers rush. And I know he's going to be giving that to, uh, He's going to be including that free to all of his Patreon subscribers is uh, his draft guide. So very excited to be featured in that also excited to go to Vegas. Um, yeah, I've got the flight. I've got, we just booked our hotel. We're staying at the Luxor. I think it's like across the street or like a block away from Mandalay Bay where Chapman's having the big draft party. You can go meet Fred Warner, Elijah Mitchell, and then day two, going to go to whatever that pub is for the day two of the Rush podcast. Going to be streaming on day two. Uh, probably have a chance to talk. I'm pretty excited about that. So it's going to be good times, dude. I love the draft. It's just, it's learning about all these players. And it's just kind of like, you know, you, you get to play GM for uh, for a few months and be like, oh, I would do this and I would do that. And it's fun to find out, you know, find out how good you are at this or not. And just the process. It's been, it's been a very fun process and I'm just really excited to actually be included in this. Um, It's funny because it's almost, almost one year ago at this time is when I started this podcast. And I think I still only have like, you know, at this point, like 20 or 30 like subscribers and listeners. But it's been a really, it's been a really fun, just kind of journey of just doing this. And so much of it has been, I've learned so much and learning how to scout, learning how to watch film, break things down, put my thoughts into words, put what I'm seeing into words and it's just been awesome and I'm sure that you can kind of you kind of get what I'm saying because if you're listening to this podcast you're probably also a super football nerd um and you know what football nerds unite we all love the draft it's fun and uh, I just i can't wait for it so that being said I'm gonna get out of here i appreciate all of you like comment subscribe um yeah check out Chatman 49ers rush if you're not already doing that And uh, I'm going to keep adding to my draft stuff. So um, I'm not going to, I know I said I was going to try and get every single prospect on the podcast, but there's just, there's too much. Again, I've got 10 pages of notes and between work and just life in general, it's, it's just too much for me. I was already so stressed that I basically stopped watching film for a week and a half. (laughs) Uh, But you know, thus is life. And, uh, yeah, I think what I will do though is before the draft, I would like to say that, you know, these, I'm going to try and say, Hey, these are my favorite prospects in terms of fit at different parts in the draft. So, you know, who are my favorite edges at, you know, between pick like 50 and 60 that are potentially there. Who am I top five in terms of, top five at a position scheme fit for the 49ers that I think makes sense so I'll probably do that it'll be like maybe a draft prospect series I think that'll be easier than going through every single one and uh yeah other than that we'll just keep it up with like you know once a week the news and the updates and all that kind of stuff so I'm gonna get out of here and uh, I love you guys catch you next time go Niners